0: This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else.
1: I'm on your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined as always with my co-host Robert E. G. Black. Hello. And with a special guest for this week, Ewan McIntosh. Hi. And um, so before we go into the minutes, I think I haven't actually told you this, Ewan, but I just thought, since we haven't talked as much about The Office, um, what are the most generic questions you get asked about The Office all the time so we can sort of bore them with the same answers?
2: Uh, all the, the questions I get asked are generally, um, what's Ricky Gervais really like? Uh Will there be another series? Do you really like Scotch Eggs? Uh, do you still have the allergy costume? Those are the, probably the main ones.
1: And do you have brief answers to each of them? <laughs>
2: uh, I tend to just, uh, I because uh, there's been so many years now. I tend to just, just just make things up now. <laughs> I've given so many different, I've given every different answer under the sun mm. because I got bored of it, and so I would just say what I felt like at the time. I've given so many different opinions on Scotch eggs, from <laughs> like hating them to them being my favourite food. Uh, and everything in between, um, that I just, I can't even remember myself pretty much what the hell any of the answers mean or what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, it, you know, it depends what kind of mood I'm in when I'm asked, I guess.
1: And what's a question about the office that you've never
2: been asked before? Uh, I don't know because I've never, been, I, I couldn't tell you. Because I wouldn't know, would I, if I've never been asked it, I won't know what it is.
1: I'm going to try to think of the most obscure and random question. For you to have not been asked, I should I could I could have pre prepared this, but I had this idea literally just before I clicked record. Um, um, It'll come to me in a moment. I'll probably cut out this long pause unless the listeners just want to make themselves a cup of tea and then come back.
2: Um, No one's, no one's okay. No one's ever asked me how I would get to set every day during filming.
1: Oh, that's interesting. How would you get to set every day during filming?
2: So I would get a train from Clapham Junction to Teddington and then somebody would pick a few of us up from Tennington Station to the studio where we're filming. So there you go. There's a, there's that, a new... A long there thing? you go. That's now in the public domain. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can release this as conti-
1: containing new unreleased facts about the office. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> never be- never before heard information.
1: That, I've got to involve that somehow in the title, just to, just to get those listens, and then they hear it, and it's like... <laughs> oh. So what's your, what's your favourite of uh, wallpaper design in the office? I don't know if there's any difference in, in wallpaper
2: design, but there's a,
1: there's another question
2: for you. I can't even remember what, I don't think there was any wallpaper. There we
1: go.
0: Breaking news guys, there was no wallpaper in the UK office.
2: No wallpaper involved. At a paper company, that's so wrong. <laughs> well, we, yeah, but we, were, we weren't wallpaper, we were, uh, you know, we were printing paper and writing paper. and all, basically, all your paper needs apart from wallpaper. Yeah, I feel like, off
1: like I feel like watching the Office. I just forget what your job is. <laughs> like, it just doesn't matter. Like it comes up occasionally,
2: yeah. but it's just that's the other thing. Of all the thousands and thousands of reasons why there would never be another series, the the I mean, I think the most obvious one is well, who what would a paper merchant even exist anymore? I mean, who uses paper?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you cut to the, like just to look at the difference. Like, Ricky Gervais doing Afterlife now. Like, he works at a newspaper company, but it's just, like, a, a little room. Yeah. And I guess that's to an extent. Like, when, when I started, because I saw Afterlife before I saw The Office, because I'm young. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of weird when I was like, oh, it's the, it's the same job, but just very different. Or at least an example of the same job. Well, I actually, they didn't do the printing while they were in Afterlife. I don't really know. But, yeah. Not many people...
2: We had a He's, warehouse where the printing was meant to be taking place and the distribution. That's good. So um, we would just be making paper. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm In fact,
0: here's a
1: question about. I'm sure you've been asked and you possibly won't want to answer, but I'll ask anyway. What's the worst film or TV show you've been in? At, um, <laughs>
2: good, good question, yeah. I was in a pretty bad show called Mile High, uh, which was a Sky program about people. It was like a glamorous people working for an airline company. And it was sort of...
0: It was going to be like
2: um sort of footballer's wives but set on an airline company type deal. And I was in a couple of episodes of that. And it was pretty... I don't, I don't even think I ever saw it in the end. But it was... Uh, it wasn't a great show,
1: I think. Yeah, I'm just looking at it on IMDb now.
2: Not one
1: 7. for the show reel. Yeah, 7.1 out of 10, apparently. which is surprising. Really? Yeah. I'll just read the dialogue. Um, the dad says, Later on, I may tell you about how Tim... No, he doesn't. Later on, I may tell you about Tim's many failings as a man and as a table tennis player. But important first to say the, the one big thing. I've only loved three men in my life. My dad was a frosty bugger, so that only leaves dear Uncle Desmond, BB King, obviously, and this young man here. I'd only give one piece of advice to anyone marrying. We're all quite similar in the end. We all get old and tell the same tales too many times. But try and marry someone kind. And this is a kind man with a good heart. I'm not particularly proud of many things in my life, but I am very. And um, cut off here. You'll you'll never know you and what the what where that where that sentence ends. Although I'm.
2: Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think, so. <laughs> I think we all know.
1: Yeah. Give, give us what you think is the exact wording of that sentence and we'll.
2: <laughs> but I'm very proud of Tim.
1: Close. It is, but I am very proud to be the father of my son. But yeah, pretty much.
2: They're the same things. Aren't
1: they? Yeah. Not, not in such a, <laughs> such a, such a tone as you did there, but I wish he had. That would be. I I
2: I edited to make it a bit more snappy.
1: Yeah, Uh, the idea about being kind was apparently something that Richard Curtis had heard years ago from a friend who'd had a really failed first marriage, and so decided to turn that. But I like. It depends what mood I'm in when I watch this bit because I feel like kind is such a generic compliment. It's
2: like nice, isn't it? Be nice.
1: It's like Like, I feel like kind just means too much. it's a yeah, I feel like kinda yeah. too much that if, if someone says it to me, if they mean it, like I can sometimes understand that they do mean it, and other times not, but even when they do, it feels like they don't because of how often people it's like if you said to someone, say something nice about me, they probably say you're kind because it's it's something which you can say and I can't really... It's like you really say really it's like, that that like a
2: parent says to a five year old and a three year old and be kind to your brother. It's yeah. just a sort of a be kind well, be kind I mean. You can use it in so many different contexts that it has become rather meaningless. I think.
1: I've always thought of it as like as like a teacher on on you know a, a school report to a student they don't like when they have to write like a good thing. It's like he's 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 a kind person who's who's nice to some of his peers or something. And it's just.
2: I mean, I don't I don't want to get I don't want to really come in and just sort of and start bringing everyone down. <laughs> I. I so, you know, I think there's so many amazing, I've been to so many weddings and there are so many amazing things you can say at a wedding and so many things that, that have been said at weddings. But so when you end up with something just like, there's just a couple of platitudes, I just find it slightly, slightly, uh, irksome.
1: And what do you think of the idea of the dad being the best man?
2: Is that what, is that what it was? I mean, I could cause obviously I haven't, i have seen it all out of yeah. context, so I thought it might be, uh, just a father of the groom type speech, but,
1: no, he he goes back and he because he keeps undoing the best man speeches when you've got Rory and then you've got Harry.
2: Well, then I think James. that's you know I don't know I haven't seen enough, but I think a best man the tone of a best man speech is kind of meant to be fairly jocular, isn't it? And then maybe get very gets tiny bit serious at the end. Yeah,
1: that's why but I thought, if thought you're coming sh- at it as, a, as yeah. you're
2: coming at it as a father, you're okay to get emotional and uh, blah, blah blah. But if your job at a wedding is the best man, you've got to get the laughs and you? you've got to do something a bit a bit yeah, original.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've got a good enough father son relationship that it could work, but just as a generic idea, I feel like yeah, like the, the dad won't necessarily tell those embarrassing stories that shows his son in such a light as the best man would, and the dad's unlikely to be there in some at the times of some of these embarrassing stories because you know you're 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 constantly being a particular version of yourself when you're around your parents.
2: I mean, I like I said, I don't want to bring the whole thing down, and well, I don't want to project my own. My own opinion on it too much because it's your podcast. But if you're going to get up at a wedding in front of all these people and say there are three men you've loved, and one of them you mention is BB King, you, I'm sorry, but you're an absolute <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Who does that? Just... That is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, Robert. Just that's just question, like that's like just getting a... your balls out and going, look at the size of my <laughs> yeah. I like BB King. I'm cooler than you are. <laughs> I like BB King. It's your son's wedding. You don't need to be showing off about how you like BB King. <laughs> you know what? What are you doing? Yes. I don't mean, know. just You know, I've really been. I bit. I've bit my tongue, but I think that I just find that absolutely offensively offensive. That, that was worth saying.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, we we see a poster for BB King in his room Ooh. earlier in the film. Two posters. Was, yes, okay, I think we it get it.
2: Things. We get it, Richard. He likes B.B. King. He's a cool dad. Okay, you yeah. can stop banging on about it now. <laughs> you know, you could put the sledgehammer away just for one weapon. So,
1: Ewan, we sent you a bonus minute. Unless you actually, have we got any other comments first on this uh, finishing this off, I guess?
2: I think you know that I've said my piece.
1: Mm. <laughs> Robert, have you got any final comments on this minute?
0: No, no we got it. We got it.
1: Okay, so Ewan, do you recall what bonus minute we sent you? Because to be honest, I've forgotten.
2: Do you know what? It was, uh, I think it was two women on a beach, and they were, and then it was, uh, him playing table tennis and talking oh, about the fridge
1: Okay, yeah. yeah, the first Ilmond I mentioned. That was, that was what I was doing. That's good. Um, we should certainly, yeah, I, mean, I don't know whether you'd even picked up on that, because we don't, the, the, the song that he spots. Oh, no, I didn't pick up on that at all. Man. Yeah. The, the one about, um that song by an Italian who looks like he's got a dead badger on his head is the song yeah. that then plays at the wedding. It's nice because the it, first time you hear it, no one picks up on it. Second time it comes up, like literally in like the following scene, you realise, oh, this has been said twice. So that when the song actually plays, it's enough to go, it's enough, however weird it is for me to say, it's enough to make me tear up when I see the wedding, because um, it's just sweet. Um, but I'm also quite sentimental, and I, I, it seems to be very easy to make me cry in a film, to be honest. Um, well, you know, I,
2: I'm I can have I'm you know I, I can be the same at some films. It, it just depends on, on the on what sort of film it is, and you know, I remember I'm sure I've cried at many. I'm sure, I cried at E.T. You know, a down films like that Cry buckets.
1: What was the weird one I cried at the other day? There was one that I cried at which I didn't think I was going to cry at. Oh, actually, it was it was on top of Ricky Gervais. I cried at the end of Ghost Town. I would oh, really? watched it before. I think it was just that it was a very weird. It was during the start of lockdown, so I think it might have just been that I was in a weird emotional state with having like my GCSEs cancelled and all of that. That I think I was just emotionally all over the place. That I was. I went through a point where I think I cried at like every film I watched. I cried at Finding yeah. Nemo. I cried at Ghost Town. I mean, these are all films which are emotional, but not... Yeah, yeah. Ones that you expect. What's the last film that made you cry, both of you, <laughs> that you can recall? Hmm.
0: Last one I watched or last one in terms of when it came out? Last one you've watched. Probably Stand By Me. I just watched that for my vlog this past week again.
2: Of, it's not a film, but I would say episode nine of... The latest season of Ozark, I was oh. I was in buckets at the end of that. I'm just it's an incredible episode, episode. Before that, oh, now. It's an incredible episode. I won't say anything. I won't say any more then. The end of episode nine of this season of Ozark, I was like, yeah, I was I was shedding a few tears at that.
1: I might have cried at mid uh, not mid that at Time Traveler's Wife, but I'm not certain. I that, it might have been. I don't know if either of you seen it. What we did on our holiday? No,
0: no, I haven't seen that.
1: That's a good one. It's um, British. it's yeah, it's semi-improvised from the team behind Outnumbered. Uh, the leads are David Tennant, Rosamund Pike, and Billy Connolly. And it's 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 weird. It seems like a sort of normal comedy at first, um, and it's like these parents are, are got to pretend that they're still married while they go off on holiday to visit to visit like the grandparents of the kids because their granddad's like dying and they don't want to stress him out. But yeah. then. About halfway through the film, I don't think this is a massive spoiler because there's still a lot of the film left. But halfway through the film, the granddad has a heart attack and dies, and and he's on a beach with the kids. And just before that, he joked about how he wanted like a Viking burial, so the kids uh, like a Viking funeral. So the kids build like a boat on this beach, set it set it alight, and send him off. Oh, it's also the granddad's birthday, so they're having this big birthday party for him. And then after they've Basically cremated him on the sea. They then go and tell the adults. Oh, by the way, granddad's dead, and we cremated him. <laughs> and
0: wow. It's, okay. Yeah,
1: but it's it's kind of got a weird mix of comedy. You're often laughing and crying at the same time. It's really good, and it's got the. I mean, I don't know if you're you're a fan of that number or whether you've seen much of that. Um,
2: yeah, I was a fan of it. Yeah,
1: it, it's definitely got that same vibe where you can tell that some of the lines are improvised, and it just it makes the kids feel a lot more real. Okay. Uh, so so I recommend that film, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It might be on Netflix, I'm not sure. It was on Netflix when I first saw it, and then I bought the Blu-ray. And for some reason, the other day I was like, you know, you know when you have that film which you've forgotten about for ages, and then out of nowhere you suddenly remember it and want to watch it? It was just kind of like that. Um, so yeah, what, what other comments have we got of the whole discussion between Tim's mum and Mary, and then between father and son at table tennis? Is there any other comments to have on that? That minute.
2: Uh, none from me.
0: We've probably covered everything last yeah, week. Yeah, we've covered yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Another, another joke about his hair, ginger hair. That was there, I noticed.
0: Yeah. And about Jimmy Fontana's
2: hair, too. Yeah. yeah. He's, bad, he's obsessed man. with haircuts, isn't he? He's obsessed with haircuts.
1: Um So we have a question that we ask every guest on the show, Ewan, which is, if you could go back in time to any moment in your life and either change something or just relive it, what moment of your life would that be?
2: Um, interesting. It'll probably be actually the the, the sort of the mini uh, road trip I did around the west coast of America when I was sort of in my uh, late twenties with a good really good mate of mine, mm. and we just we went to LA and then we we rented a car and uh, we spent a, had about a, a week in LA and then we drove up to we drove through the desert of Vegas. Uh then we drove to one of a friend of his who lived in San Francisco and spent a couple of days there, went like wine tasting, then drove back down uh, Route one oh one through Big Sur, uh back down to LA again. It was just a fantastic time really, just amazing.
1: Mm. Definitely sounds like it. Yeah, so I think definitely yeah to go back to something like that. Is it is definitely a good choice.
2: It was my <laughs> first time in, in my first time in LA and it was my first time in Vegas. Both of which I've been back to, but the first time is kind of when you when it's the best, I think.
1: So, Robert, I guess with you being someone who lived in LA, what Still do, do you, or lives in LA, um, like what what do you tend to get of the idea of it being such a big, you know, tourism state? Do you is, is there something weird about you know your your home area being where people love to go or
0: at certain locations, yes, cause like I live really close to Universal Studios and I'll go to City Walk to see movies and City Walk is full of tourists <laughs> <laughs> coming to the park. And so I'll see a lot of them there, but when I'm near my, my closer to home, I don't see them because you know, it's a residential neighborhood that isn't, it's not Hollywood, although mm. I like going to Hollywood too. So it's a mix. Sometimes it's, it feels weird because I'm just going to a place to see a movie and there's just tourists all over.
1: Mm. That, yeah. Cause, cause I say, like, in Shropshire there's like nothing. I read once that like years and years ago Harrison Ford came here on holiday, but it's not really a, a tourist place here.
0: There's Can't not really. a plaque that says Harrison Ford sat here. No.
1: Nah. <laughs> there, there, there should be. So little happens in Shropshire that there should be. I mean, I, I generally think that the one tourist attraction we've got is the Iron Bridge, which is like the first bridge of iron. I don't
2: know. <laughs> Robert, is, is it an Outburger still open at the moment? Yeah, uh, yeah, you can, cause they're
0: just drive-through
2: ones. Yeah. Yeah, I miss those babies. I miss those
0: babies, I tell you. Yeah. Um, so, Ewan, where, have you got anything
1: specific to promote that's out or that you want to remind people exist or coming up? Cause this cool. is September, I guess.
2: <laughs> everything's, everything's stopped. Um, if you want to, one thing I've been doing a bit of more at the moment is you can get a, like, a personalized message from me. Uh, if, if you want a, a birthday you're missing or a stag do or a wedding, then uh, you can get a celebrity vo- video message from me at celebvm.com and I'll do a nice, as in-character as Keith, I can do. I've been doing a load <laughs> of them. Uh, just, you know, uh, sorry you're missing your stag. I can be quite rude in them, which people like, because I think Keith is quite a rude character. <laughs> So I give it the old, you know, boring, boring having your birthday in lockdown, isn't it? Not for me. I like it. Type <laughs> deal. And, uh, so if you want one of those, you can link to those on my Twitter page as well. So they've been keeping me going a little bit just for something to do, doing the boredom, but uh, I feel like we've painted
1: yeah. the video message thing and having you on for like three hours.
2: <laughs> well, no, this is, I mean, this is completely different. This is more enjoyable <laughs> and more uh, rewarding, but the video messages are just a little bit of fun, I think, mm. that people enjoy. So. So, so I mean, how, how much does it,
1: just so the listeners know what your price range is on your celeb video message thing? Uh,
2: they're all. Uh It's always about, I think they're about, set to about 25 quid or something, I can't remember, something like that.
1: Mm. I think
2: that's good, because that's,
1: like, around the price, well, the, the lower price range of what you pay to get, like, an autograph in a Comic Con. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Personalised yeah. video message is better, you know, you keep up with yeah, that.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, and, as you, you've already mentioned before, your, your Twitter, um...
2: Yeah, you and Macintosh, everything's there, for what I'm up to, so.
1: And I guess they can watch The Office pretty much anywhere. <laughs> it's,
2: it's... Yeah, watch it anywhere, buy it on DVD, you know, and then I'll actually make some money off it otherwise, so. <laughs> but you, yeah. cause you,
1: you actually stand a chance now, cause Cherokee shops are closed, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think DVDs are a, a, bit of, a bit of a thing of the past.
1: I'm a physical media guy, but most people I know aren't. And yeah. I fight with like where people are like, oh, where can I watch that film? I'm like, I'll lend you the DVD, and I like I don't have a DVD player, and that's such a weird that's concept to
0: me yeah. because
1: I I always watch. I've literally only just in the last year stepped up to Blu-ray. Like I've I've always been DVD.
2: I, when, I, Matt, I still... when Apple when Apple stopped putting disc drives in MacBooks, I mean that was Ooh, a yeah. disaster for a lot of people in mm. terms of watching their old DVDs and stuff.
1: Yeah, luckily I've still got. I've got a Windows laptop that's quite it's probably a few years old, I still got a Um but yeah, it's I, I it's just a weird thing. Um I mean I'm I'm only just old enough to be to remember VHS, so that's like I feel like I've I've lived the I've lived through the life of D V D.
2: You yeah. must have been right on the very edge of VHS going out there.
1: Yeah. Well, like, yeah, well, like, I mean, DVDs would have still been around because DVDs came yeah. in the late nineties. But I remember at least still watching the pretty regularly when I was little, and I think they were still around for yeah. a while. Um, either that, or we were just really behind
0: on the times. <laughs> but DVD players cost a lot for a little while, and so.
1: But yeah, the reason I still tend to buy DVD over Blu Ray is because like I'll bring my laptop on like a long car journey and watch a DVD, and can't do that with Blu Ray. Or when it wasn't lockdown, I'd occasionally lend DVDs to like my grandparents and stuff, and they don't have Blu-ray. But yeah,
0: anyway, uh, we talk talked about your social media. Robert, where can listeners find you? Robert E.G. Black on social media, lemmedrops.com, for links to all my podcasts, my blog, whatever. Okay, and the listeners can find this, sh- not this shit, i I go first. I should
1: know this by now, why do I always mess it up? The listeners can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. No, let me start again. But what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> the listeners can find me on Twitter at Lava underscore bottle zero. They can find me on Instagram at the Ginger Luke. They can find me on Facebook at Luke Allen Phil. All podcasts, short films, radio appearances, newspaper articles, anything I'm remotely involved in is available at Luke And this show is available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. They can also join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time. So like some sort of muscle memory thing, the moment I say the first word, it then Oh, I remember it all. But Right. So once again we'll we'll go with a with one of these 120-plus funny and cool ways to say goodbye. Um, most of these are neither funny nor cool. Um, and we'll finish this one off with... Oh, that was a good one. Um, oh, I found a really good one last week, and I can't find it. Uh, we'll just go with See You When We See You. It's not a good one, particularly, but it's it's, it's one. It'll do. It'll do. It'll do. Yeah, that's, that's the approach however many, what, 15 weeks into the show we'll just end, it'll do, it'll be fine we'll make it up better next week
2: uh, Um, what is it he says uh, at the end of Midnight Run see you in the next life
1: the 2 Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahoney and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close 2 Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions